भद्रम करने भद्रम भद्रंपश्येमाक्षस्तनूषेम देवित यदायु स्वस्ती न इंद्रो वृद्धस्रवा स्वस्ती न पूषा विश्ववेदा स्वस्तीर्णस्ताक्षुरिष्टनेमी स्वस्तिनो बृहस्पतिर्दा ओं शांत शांत शांति मे वी हियर विथर्स वॉट इज ऑस्पेशियस may we see with our eyes what is auspicious while praying with steady limbs may we attain the life span allotted to us may indra bestow wellbeing on us may pushan the god of earth who is all knowing bestow wellbeing on us may garuda the destroyer of evil bestow wellbeing on us may brihaspati also bestow wellbeing on us Om Shanti 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 So in the last class before the break we were studying the the seventh uh, mantra of the first chapter of the first part of Mundaka Upanishad where we saw that with the help of similes with the help of some examples the upanishad is trying to explain the fact that there is only one existence behind this entire phenomenon the one non dual existence that is appearing as many it's not that there is a duality of matter and consciousness as in the sankhya in the yoga we find that duality it is the purusha which is acting on prakriti resulting in this phenomenal existence but in the upanishads we find the indication is that it is the conscious principle alone which alone is the essential existence the the material world which we see around us is an epiphenomenon is a consciousness which is projected as matter it's not actually matter actually everything is consciousness so upanishad has its own way of explaining that fact by saying that brahman is both the efficient as well as the material cause behind the entire existence so what it will be saying as we saw that in the fifth mantra it was indicated that what's that knowledge which is supreme para vidya जायते that everything in this world in this phenomenal existence whatever we see is born at certain point of time jayate it exists for certain time certain span of time asti and when it is existing for the certain span of time initially it grows vardhate and then the growth stops the transformation process starts as in our life in the middle age that is vi parinamate and then the decay process starts apakshiyate at last ends in death nasti annihilation but there the absolute reality which is beyond this existence 
is akshara which doesn't undergo any mutation there is no mutation no transformation it is the trikal avadhita satya as we have indicated again and again that in the past in the present in the future all the three phases of time in uninterruptedly that existence is so that is the akshara that akshara is appearing as the universe how that's the that's the examples the three examples was given in the seventh mantra which we studied in the class the last class before the break what was that sloka what was that mantra yathornanabhi yatha urnanabhi yathornanabhi srijate grinhate cha yatha prithivyam oshadhaya sambhavanti yatha satah purushat keshalomani tatha aksharat sambhavati vishwam the three examples yatha urnanabhi srijate grinhate cha as the spider creates and absorbs its own cobwebs the spider to create its cobweb doesn't have to depend on some extraneous matter it comes out from within itself and it is again absorbed within itself so just the way the spider creates and absorbs its webs yathornanabhi srijate grinhate srijate means creates grinhate means again absorbs yatha prithivyam oshadhaya sambhavanti as plants grow on the earth it's not from the seed actually we say that plants never grow from earth it grows from the seed the earth may be giving the nourishment but it is the seed but actually it is the earth which is transforming into the plant seed is just the gateway just as in your ic in an ic network you have various gates seed is like this a gate it allows the nutrients which is in the soil to pass through it in a particular way and get assimilated and it is those nutrients which is finding expression as the plant so it is the prithivi which is getting transformed into the plant that's why we say that such and such plant is rich in such and such minerals from where that mineral came it's the earth if the earth doesn't have the mineral the seed seed doesn't produce that mineral so all those minerals which we find a plant is rich in which constitute which actually constitutes its nutrients all has came came from the soil so it is the soil which is getting transformed into the plant so prithivyam oshadhaya sambhavanti so again that another example it is the same soil which is getting transformed into the plant there is no need for some extraneous matter for the plant to grow apart from the soil yatha satah the third example purushat keshalomani just the way hair grow in a person's body living person's body so similarly the universe proceeds from the immortal from the akshara from that immortal bring who has no change from that his entire existence comes forth so here what's the thing this upadana the efficient cause as well as the material cause both er the brahman so that we have studied in the previous class in details that brahman is both the material as well as the efficient cause so we need not elaborate this sloka again as this mantra again as we studied it in the last class the basic idea is the clue the point which we have to take from this is that the brahman is both the material upadana as well as the efficient the nimitta upadana karana and the nipitta karana both is the brahman just the way the potter makes the pot out of clay where potter is the efficient cause clay is the material cause they are as if separate so here it is being indicated don't think that way that the brahman has created this universe from something apart from his so is both the upadana as well as the efficient cause now in the eighth mantra which we will take up today it will show the successive stages in evolution of the universe in every cycle 
in the Upanishads, in the Vedas, in the Vedantas, there is a concept of cycle. That this creation happens in cycle. It's not that once for all this creation is. Creation comes, is projected from Brahman, stays for aeons, for ages, and then again it dissolves back to that absolute. That's a, that has been indicated very nicely in Chandogya Upanishad by an acronym. Nowadays we use acronym, we think it's something modern. We will find even in the Upanishads, the acronym is there. The acronym for the Brahman is Tajjalan. Tajjalan. What it speaks? Tat. From that. Ja means Jayate. La. Liyate. An. Aniyate. See how nicely they have made an acronym. Tajjalan. From that Jayate, the entire creation came. Liyate. In that, again, it merges. Aniyate, in it, it is sustained. So, so that's the reality from which the entire creation came. Now, how it proceeds, how it's projected. That's the thing which will be, that's the steps, the sequence, the successive stages will be elaborated in the eighth mantra. Let us read the mantra and then we will proceed to the discussion. The eighth mantra of the first part of the first chapter of Mundakopanishad. Tapasa chiyate brahma, tato annam abhijayate, annath prano mana satyam loka karmasu chamritam. Actually, in the last class, we just took up this mantra. We finished the seventh and the eighth mantra, just we started. Uh, and if you just, as just for a quick recapitulation, the tapasa chiyate brahma. What it means? Brahman expands by means of austerity. Let us first try to understand the literal meaning. And then we will try to understand it between the words. The real meaning, the uh, its etymological meaning and the the real purport behind this locus, the interpretation of this locus, these mantras, we will try to understand later. First, let us go to the literal translation. The tapasa chiyate, chiyate means expands. Through tapas, through austerity, as the Brahman expands. Tato annam abhijayate. From that anna. Anna means food, but here it means primal matter. The primal matter, which is the basic constituent of the universe, that is being projected by the Brahman, who has been expanded, who has as if expanded by austerity. We will come to the real purport of this mantra later. First, let us try to understand the literal meaning. Anath prana, prana emanates from that primal matter. And then what emanates? Mana, the mind. Satyam. Satyam, we generally say this is the truth, but actually here it means the elements. The elements which we see, all the things which are satta is sattvam. Anything which in is which has some essence in it, whatever we see, must be having some essence in it. That's why it is palpably visible. So all the things which are having nama rupa, which is having which is having a particular shape, and we designate it with certain name. They are all satyam. They have a satta. So this satyam, all the things which we see, and the various loka, this is not, what we see is not the only existence. There are various levels of layers of existence. This is the loka, the concept of loka. The various levels of existence are there. So this various levels of existence, all the karmas which we are doing, Karmasu chamritam, amritam. What amritam means? The result of action. You can, once the action is done, its result is bound to follow. No one can annihilate it. So that's why it is called amritam, that which cannot be killed. So this is the sequence by which the universe is projected from Brahman. So as you will find that the literal meaning appears to be as if a bit poetic, it doesn't make any sense. So that's why 
we have to resort to the interpretation. The interpretation given by Shankaracharya and other Acharyas, we have to resort to that to understand the real purport of this mantra. So tapasa chiyate Brahma. Now, Brahman expands by means of austerity. Now, in Sanskrit, the word tapas has two meanings. One is austerity, something to endeavor for. I have a goal for that I endeavor. That endeavor speaks of tapas. And another meaning of tapas is intense thinking. Intense thinking is also tapas. In the next mantra, the word for this tapas, which will be used is jnanamayam tapa, that it is knowledge. From intense thinking, the learning is something, not learning, the knowledge is something which is tapas. So now of these two, this is the second which has been used here in the, to mean the word tapas, is the intense thinking. What it actually speaks, that under the influence of its own maya, there arises in Brahman the desire for creation. That he was one, he wanted to be many. So now, this happens because of the Maya. Why it is Maya? Maya means that which we, Maya, this word is very interesting. In Sanskrit, if you can understand the words, the real meaning of the word, the philosophy behind it becomes palpably clear. Ya in Sanskrit means yatha yatha. Ma is used in the sense of negation. Means I when I'm seeing the wall in front of me, I think that's how it exists. The Vedanta says, no, you are not seeing what actually it is. You can never see. The moment when I'm trying to perceive something, immediately it's getting, getting tainted by my mind and senses. So it is negating the yathayatha, that as it is, we say that science is objective. What is the, what's the validity of science? Yet that it is objective. What I observe, that is true. But Vedanta challenges the instrument of perception. When science is based, based on the authenticity of the perception, Vedanta challenges the instrument, the process of perception. What you are perceiving, is it correct? And that's the thing which was very difficult to understand even few decades back. But now the science has really developed. And we can easily relate to these words what it is actually meant by these words, Maya. You will find very interesting. There are lots of lectures even in neurology, neuroscience, on this idea that what I see is a mere hallucination. We are hallucinating the universe. What I see is not as it is. What is there, it cannot be known. So, so it is that how it happens, this maya is, against, is equivalent to ignorance. Ignorance is ajnana. These words are very important. What is Ajnana? That Brahman has become this universe, has become you, has become me, has become this universe. How do you know? Yes, through sadhana, through the spiritual practices, I can reach a state beyond the mind where I realize that this entire creation falls off, that pure, unadulterated amnes is still there, which is non-local. I won't say pervading the entire creation. When the creation is not there, the question of pervading the creation doesn't come. When you are beyond the creation, you are only pure am, amnes. Through sadhana, any spiritual tradition will subscribe to this fact that all the mystics can subscribe to this fact that it happens. So from that, it can be concluded that it is that absolute reality, non-local consciousness, which is appearing as the universe. Otherwise, why should I merge when I go beyond the mind into that? So I know there is a way out. Now the question comes, how I came in? That can never be known. That how the perfect became imperfect. 
it can never be known swami vivekananda in his very first lecture on hinduism when he read the paper of hinduism in the parliament of religion there very nicely is saying that how the perfect became imperfect various religions try to answer it in so many uh, this allegories so many similes uh, poetic language but it doesn't actually give any real explanation we all try and swami ji after saying that he what he's saying is he's saying is very interesting thing that vedanta gives the answer very boldly what's the vedanta's answer we do not know this is the bold answer and we are not bothered to know you will find in the history of religions this vedanta stands aside to this fact that it never tried to find out how the perfect became imperfect it never tried just by designating a term agyana it is satisfied it has expended its entire energy to find how to go out of it how we came in we never spended our energy we expended our energy it is not possible and we never expended our energy that for that you will say why there is a very nice uh, way of understanding it with the help of gautam buddha's simile gautam buddha used to uh, just explain to his devotees that just don't go for all those discussions that how the perfect became imperfect how the brahman became this world which is full of imperfection why very nice that he says that suppose you are passing through a forest a deep forest and from nowhere a poisoned arrow comes and pierces you and you know the effect of poison the toxic poison has already started to affect your body in any time you may be killed so what's your duty now will you go on thinking who shot there why he shot there what poison he mixed from where he has shot it we will die by the process my somehow the arrow has struck has striked me my immediate aim is to get rid of the arrow and apply some antidote to get rid of the effect of poison so here we find the answer which vedas and the vedantas also give that there is a way out which the rishis have found out is a way out by knowing that absolute truth you can go beyond this cycle of birth and death vedaham etam purusham mahantam aditya varnam tamasa parastat so that's the idea in the upanishad so here also we will find in the upanishads this idea that because of agyana somehow the brahman which is already fulfilled it has nothing we need something that's why we endeavor for that whenever the when the question of creation comes next time the question comes what was the need of brahman for the creation if he is already fulfilled there is no need there is no or uh, any need any desire speaks of unfulfillment and i say that brahman is having uh, is beyond all needs beyond all desires then why the creation we don't know somehow because of ignorance it it has the desire as if to create this desire speaks of chiyate means as if expanding just the way when the seed is about to sprout it expands it is still the seed nothing not not a single part of the plant is yet visible the roots the sap the sapling the the leaves the saplings nothing is visible the various parts of the plant is not visible but the seed has just has swollen a bit it speaks that the creation is about to ensue so here the chiyate means that that the thought process have started it's the knowledge is a thinking which finds expression as the world it is manasa it's not something physical what we see as the physical world is actually the projection of the consciousness consciousness finds expression as thought it's a wonderful idea what's the wonderful idea behind it to understand upanishads 
the one thing which we should always keep in my mind our mind is that microcosm and the macrocosm are built in the same manner if you study your own life from that you can get the idea of the <clears throat> how the cosmic processes are uh, what you say that projecting sustaining and again is dissolving how it is happening all the cosmic just by studying yourself the the way if you know that uh, if you know the mystery of a single sand particle you can know the mystery of the entire universe even to give a common example if you know an atom you can know the way the planets are all uh, working these planets are all revolving just see in a planet yeah, just see in a atom the what's the basic structure we generally speak of there's a nucleus and the electrons are moving around it go to the stars the planets that's the same thing there's some star around which the planets are moving <clears throat> the basic idea is here that the microcosm and the macrocosm are built in the same manner in the upanishads this will be this idea will be resorted to again and again so here also this tapasa that first comes a thought why this thought is uh, is spoken of because even in our life we find that all the creation happens twice there's this building in uh, this the ashram where i am sitting now has been constructed twice how of course first it was planned in someone's mind it just said that someone didn't bring all the materials and started building just directly all the things was planned in someone's mind in the imagination all our creations are first creation is the imagination second creation after that the materials come into existence so it is first whenever i find something has been created a potter has made some utensils with the clay all those utensils were in his mind first he has thought of it how he was going to design it and then it find expression through his work so it is from the knowledge the thing comes out this thing is designed so that's why it is spoke this tapas speaks of that gyanamaya that knowledge that because of ignorance when the brahman ignorance again means that i don't know why it happened but it was the fact that the absolute wanted to be many the one wanted to be many and when it wanted to be many first it find expression as that knowledge the entire creation blueprint was in the mind of brahma now this brahman and brahma not sent when brahman because of ignorance finds expression as the universe first it finds expression as that saguna brahma which has been termed as brahma so this from annam first comes a primal matter and from that comes prana anath prana that prana is the hiranyagarbha or the brahma these are the very interesting terms brahma has been turned as hiranyagarbha why hiranyagarbha garbha speaks of womb hiranya speaks of gold when hiranyagarbha means golden womb why this word golden womb has been used for the idea of the saguna brahma all the dual uh, dualistic religion starts with that saguna brahma here upanishad speaks even ahead of that from that nirguna brahma because of maya this prana the saguna brahma is emanating from and what how he is emanating it's only thoughts the mana from that comes satyam the materials from that the various loka now these are the ideas we will try to understand with that microcosm and macrocosm are built in the same plan otherwise it becomes very difficult it just becomes we just uh, translate and just say that yeah from uh, the brahman for that consciousness the mind came from mind the creation came it do make sense but still it's very vague but to make it palpably under uh, what you say explainable let us resort to our daily life when i am sleeping in deep sleep and i am in deep sleep first take the individual then we go to the cosmic 
when i'm in deep sleep is my mind blank of course not all the ideas are there as tamas in darkness when i wake up through the window i see a red flower what has happened in my mind the concept of redness was there the concept of that fragrance of the flower was there it were all in hidden the texture the shape the color all this speaks of tanmatras the word tanmatra in sanskrit these are the things which we should be very clear about when in sanskrit we say that the world is nothing whatever i see is actually made of tanmatras and immediately i think oh it must be the sub atomic particles no it's not the sub atomic particle vedanta always speaks from the thought process how the thought process has evolved as a universe it's in no way trying to decipher the matter how the matter how the matter is being projected by the mind so now very interesting tanmatra actually speaks of tat matra only that the flower which i am seeing is not something that the flower is there the entire flower is through my eyes is perceived in one part of my brain no how the perception happens is very interesting the red color is perceived in a, in our brain this brain is the organ of the mind mind is not the brain it is the organ of the mind mind is non local it's like a transmission center so a particular part of your brain perceives the color the shape of the flower is perceived by some other part if you can smell it the fragrance for that there is a separate center in the brain but why i see the flower as a whole as a unit the perception never happened as a unit it's not that the flower is outside the entire flower with its fragrance everything is perceived in one part of the brain i see the flower no it's all piece mill perceptions tat matra only the color only the smell these are perceived the entire universe is nothing but tanmatra means all those concepts of peaceful perceptions are already there in your mind hidden it's there the external world is a suggestion to activate them and when they gets activated the function of the mind is to first have the peaceful perceptions and then they all conglomerate to give a sense of whole actually it is not a whole just even we can understand when we are watching the movie in the movie theater in the screen when you find the characters are speaking i have the idea the characters are speaking but is it really the characters are speaking what is happening in the screen it's only the video with the lips are moving the sound is coming from the sound box different source just see sound is coming from the sound box here i am seeing the leaping the mind does the synthesis and giving me a feeling it is that character which is speaking for all the five perceptions the same thing why five perceptions major perceptions and even each perception has so many sub perceptions these all are having as a piecemeal perception in the mind to conglomerate as a whole to give a sense that it is a flower so all our perceptions are piecemeal perceptions we never have the perception of anything as a whole so all these piecemeal perceptions are the tanmatras when they speak of primal matter it is actually this concepts they are speaking of not the real matter which is there when you are in deep sleep it is there hidden in tamas that's why they say that tanmatras and the matter this are product of tap this tamas darkness they are already in mind when i wake up when i wake up when first what happened i just look out of the window i see the flower all those piecemeal perceptions are getting activated that which was tamas is now becoming sattva is getting illumined this in vedanta they say that 
when the Brahman expresses itself as primal matter, that primal matter has actually three gunas. Primal matter is nothing but three gunas, sattva, raja, tama. And we think that these are three separate blocks uh, which together becomes the primal matter. No, they're constantly transforming. The thing which was in your mind in potential form. When you wake up, you open your eyes, you see it, it gets activated. Tamas is getting converted into sattva, illumination. It's all this, it's just constantly mutating. It's not three discrete thing. Now you see the flower. Now as per your nature, tendency, that if you are a devotee, you may go and pluck the flower, bring it and offer it in the altar. And if you are, most probably just you love the beauty of flowers. You have nothing to do with devotion. You may bring and just keep it in a vase in your dining table. So as per your tendencies, as per your inclination, what you are going to do with the flower depends on you. Now three things are there. What is happening? That tamas became sattva. That sattva now became rajas. That the moment you see the flower, you feel like going, plucking the flower, and now as per inclination, whether you offer it in the altar or you keep it in your dining table, it's as per your inclination, you do whatever you want. So now you will understand this primal matter is nothing but the sattva, raja, atama constantly mutating. So these are the annam. It's, it's in your mind. What is the prana when you wake up? You wake up with all your inclinations, isn't it? That I will do this, I will do that. So that's why this prana is being in the, in the cosmic sense. Now from this individual, you go to the cosmic. This prana is the sutratma, the brahma. This all our individual, individualities are actually uh, the conglomeration of all the individualities is actually that the brahma, the saguna brahman. Where what is happening, all these uh, our vrittis, our inclinations, uh, these things are all as if stored there. So what's that? Uh, we've spoken of that's a, in this, in this avidya kama karma. Once you're in ignorance, that when I see the flower and I feel like plucking it, what is happening? The karma, the desire is getting, once you're in ignorance, that results in seeing that flower. Once you see the flower, now as per your inclination, the desire will arise. Either I give it is in the altar, keep it in the altar, or it keep it in the dining table. So karma. From that karma, result, this results in action. And this is uh, what uh, this the cycle of this avidya karma karma is resulting in all the jivas to transmigrate life after life. But this, all this as law, that what act, what inclination resulting in what type of action, what the result will ensue in, from, from that, all this as law is as if they're in that cosmic person. That prana is a cosmic man. So these are the laws. It is already there. So that's why where first, when Brahma, because of intense the thinking, finds expression as the primal matter and that finds expression as the Saguna Brahma or the Brahma or the Hiranya Garbha. Hiranya, as we told, golden means intelligence. Garbha means from where the entire creation has emanated. So it is intelligence. That's why it is Hiranya. So first, what happens that all the laws are emanating. As we tell again and again, that the absolute reality finds expression as energy. And that energy is not chaotic. It is all bound by laws, physical laws, as well as moral laws. So all this, avidya, kama, karma, bhuta, samudaya, vijankura. So all this, this in the form, in the seat form, what actions will lead to what result, all these in the seat form as law are there in that cosmic person. That's one thing, that's the prana and the mana, that how I see, when I see the flower, that results in sankalpa, vikalpa, sankshaya, nirnaya. The cosmic mind, all these are in the cosmic mind. Why we have the concept of the cosmic mind? 
it will be it is easy to understand uh, from the modern findings just say that how we are hallucinating this example which we give again and again let's say the red flower that as we were we uh, have mentioned it again in the previous in the previous classes also the redness is not outside there particular wavelength of light the light falls on the flower all the wavelengths are absorbed a particular wavelength is reflected that strikes the retina and the light's function stops there the moment it strikes the retina the optic nerve which is beyond the retina it that light immediately stimulates that optic nerve to create a pulse optic nervous pulses that pulse not optic nervous pulses go to the color perception center in the brain it is just a nervous impulse just the way when in computer you type in the uh, keyboard suppose you are typing a and i see the screen i see a it's not that the a is directly coming and being reflected in the screen that a is actually converted into zero and one that zero and one is again in a particular fashion it is reassembling to give that structure a again in the screen this encoding and decoding the same thing happens here the external light when falls on the retina its function is over it is getting encoded into that nervous impulse that is being decoded in the brain color perception center in the brain as the color that color is now projected from in the vedanta these ideas are there when you study the vedanta sara they say that when how i perceive the external things that everything has an agyana my consciousness coming out through the senses as if breaks through that agyana to reveal that object previously it made no sense to me it's only the science which has helped me to understand that that vedantic concept what's happening is thing that the thing which is outside is full of ignorance i don't know what it is i can never know what is happening it's not the thing which is coming inside my consciousness is illuminating my mind and it is coming and projecting that once the mind is illuminated the color is projected by the mind it comes and envelops the object to give it the redness i see it's a red flower so i am hallucinating the world you are also hallucinating we are all are hallucinating then where from where the idea of the cosmic mind comes is one mind very interesting this world would have been chaotic we could have never related with each other if each and every individual mind would have hallucinated in its own way what i see as red if you would have seen it as green some other would have seen it as yellow it's a question of hallucination that the hallucination can happen in any way what the color my mind is going to project can have for my mind it can be in one way in your mind it can be in another way but there is something called consensus reality consensus reality that when i say it is red flower you also say it is red flower though we are all hallucinating we are all hallucinating hallucinating the same way this speaks of as if a server computer connected with all so many individual computers cosmic mind with the individual mind where in default all the perceptions are same what i going to do with that perception that of course depends on the individual but as a default all the perceptions are same that's just when you open a word file by default the margins are already defined but now you can design you can change it you can change it so similarly by default our perceptions are same now what we are going to do with that that depends from individual to individual so this cosmic mind so the thoughts are emanating from that that's and the satya here speaks of the satta sat or the sat means gross tat means subtle this in two ways this word is broken satya sat plus tat this gross and subtle all the piecemeal perceptions coming together to give the appearance of that object on which depending on the sankalpa vikalpa what i the process of making my own choice sankalpa and uh, considering it carefully and then i may have some doubt and then at last i may determine that what to do what not to do this is the function of the mind sankalpa vikalpa sankshaya nirnaya that whenever i see a thing that what are the things first comes sankshaya is it this or is it that from all those uh, all those piecemeal perceptions 
first is bound to create a sanksha. It happens in a very quick sequence. From that, the nirnaya, you determine, yes, you match it just the way in uh, the library. When you go and you have an accession number, the librarian knows to go to the exact place and pick up the book. Similarly here, all these piecemeal perceptions is actually enabling their mind to find the, go to the proper access, to access the proper perceptions. So all the sankshaya is resulting in the determination, nirnaya. And from that nirnaya, now comes sankalpa. What I'm going to do with that flower, vikalpa. I may do it in a particular way. I may do it in some other way. So all these functions of the mind come. Based on that, what happens? That various actions result. And those actions results in which loka you will be there. The results are amrita. You can easily understand. Nowadays, when you are playing a computer game, you will find there are a lot of stages. From first, it's some the games are easy. If you just try to jump to the game, which is quite difficult, they will say, first, you have to cross through that. First, you have to go through that easy, win those easy games. Then only you can come to those uh, difficult games. So this speaks of the loka. With all our karma, you can evolve. First, you have to go through all the steps and then only you can evolve. All the 14, uh, there's idea of the 14 lokas, bhu, bhuvaswa, mahajana, satya, tapasatya. These are the seven uh, uh, lokas which are above. And the seven lokas which are below, means when we do something uh, sinful, which results in deterioration, degradation, atal, vital, sutal, Talatal, Mahatal, Rasatal, Patal. So these concepts are there. We need not go to the details of it. What it speaks? That as per our actions, we either evolve or we degenerate. Even in this life, that actions, uh, all the actions results in two types of result. Suppose I'm good in my studies. Just to understand the uh, karma and amrita, that all the results, how it result in some... Uh, future uh, action, this actions result in result. How it happens? There are two factors. All actions create samskar, that is the first result. And another, it creates in the Yoga Sutra the idea of karma ashaya. It creates a receptacle. Ashaya means receptacle. These terms are very difficult to understand without example. Therefore, suppose a small boy who has started studying is not interested in studies. The parents insist teachers insist and because of the insistence of others by his willpower he's studying he doesn't like it but in the process of doing it again and again through will he develops a liking and that speaks of the sanskara which you do again and again a sanskara is created that is something which is an individual effect because of the sanskara now i study by my own and naturally it speaks of good grades so karma is resulting in good grades. That is something individual. But there is something which is a cosmic aspect of all karma. That with my good grades, now when I have to choose my professional course after 12th standard, suppose my grades now allow me to get admitted in some engineering college. Now that entire engineering college or the medical college or the university, whatever it may be, it's not the result of your karma. It is a result of the collective effort. It is already there. It is already there. The engineering college is there. My karma created two things. One, the sanskara, the liking for that. That enabled me to get good grades. Now I am gravitated, as if gravitated, to that university. My good karma takes there. Ashraya, there is a receptacle. It takes me there. So these are the two aspects. So here also the same way. In this life, whatever I do, that creates sanskara. Suppose I wanted to be, I wanted to learn music, but I didn't get proper circumstances. Whatever I tried that remained as sanskara and this urge to learn music and whatever sanskaras I had enabled me to take birth in a family where all are musicians. And now I become a child prodigy. You will find that in the uh, family of musicians, the child who is born as a son of the musician 
most probably the age from which he's learning even someone else from other family comes and he's also learning from the same teacher and he's teaching to them both the same thing but i we find that the son most probably is learning very fast why his karma has brought him to that environment where already he had the sanskar now it is getting fulfilled because of that environment and now that will result in that that's in the new birth the new karma will result in his again his evolution there so that's how the karma works for it creates sanskara and at the same time your sanskara gravitates you to an environment where your sanskaras will be fulfilled so if that's why we say in this life that what you think is very important sometimes because of the social norms we may be behaving in particular way but we may be having some urge which we keep hidden and we think we are safe know it for certain today or tomorrow all those urges are bound to find expression the environment will change you will be lured to that environmental situation where all those urges are found to find bound to find expression you will be gravitated to that all the good tendencies will gravitate you to the good environment the story which uh, we related so many times that it's a not a story it's a fact when i joined the ramakrishna order the center where i joined i still remember a from a devotee's family uh, a drug addict uh, it was a really a misfortune that it so happened that the son of the devotee got addicted so the devotee brought the son and asked the in charge of the ashram is a swami the secretary of of the ashram swamiji can you please keep my boy in your ashram and don't allow him to go out and just give him lot of work in the kitchen in the dining hall in the garden let keep him engaged throughout the day so that his mind is detached from all those separated from all his addiction the more he gets involved in it most probably he can come out from his addiction that way the swami agreed he started to stay in the ashram in few months time we find many, we found many things missing whenever we used to lock our room because inside the ashram there was no need, no need to lock and now our things were missing so many things were missing and then one day we found the offering box where the devotees put the money that has been unhinged it is missing the box itself is not there and it happened not only once twice thrice on the third time the security guard at night caught him we thought that how come someone can steal because there is a security guard there is a fence there is a boundary wall quite big so first we thought that most probably the security guard is sleeping at last the security guard caught the thief it was the boy that the drug addict what he was doing he was stealing things and all the offering box he unhinged those boxes and behind the garage he made some hole and inside that hole he dug that hole and he was hiding all the boxes there that in the third time when he was hiding the box that's the time when he got caught as the thief was within the ashram so naturally security guard couldn't catch him because he was always in the main gate just he was there to was, uh, just his duty was on the gate so if something is happening within how can he just uh, catch so this third time somehow he uh, some somehow he got the noise and something he get, uh, came and caught that boy and we all were called we all came and we were surprised to see that uh, that this is the boy who was doing all those thing and now we asked him that why what are you doing you cannot go out of the ashram what will you do with all this money what he related was something very interesting now he was staying far far away kilometers uh, some 100 kilometers away his place was native place was that ashram was far away from his home he was brought to this place which is totally new to him and he never visited that place he never went out because the first day he was brought to the ashram and he was not supposed to go out he was always within the gates but what he was relating is very interesting what he told that after few days i stayed here my urge for taking the drug of course was there very strong but there was no way to go out but luckily for him it was a luck a drug peddler came to the ashram now throughout the day so many people are coming and he offered him some drug free of cost 
and now when again that urge started developing he asked started asking money from where to get money now he was started stealing for small things and then the offering box now you will understand that you cannot force one to a different environment if you are having a different samskara the world will change for you see here in that place we were there for so many years we never knew any drug addicts there what to speak of drug peddlers they never came to our notice but that boy as he was having the addiction the drug peddler came to him and he immediately he recognized him that he is a drug peddler just the way when i was supposed to come to melbourne and swami ji told me that there is a car a holden car which you have to you can use so to learn driving so that uh, when you have your you need to go nearby places so you should have a car and you should know driving so now for the first time i heard the word holden i was there in sydney for 5 years i have never seen a holden car i never knew there is something called holden the first time when i heard there is a holden car in melbourne i will and that's the car which i am going to drive throughout sydney now whenever i used to go out i used to see holden everywhere the what is in your mind that's what is immediately that this is there everything is there in the world but your awareness gets focused to the things on which uh, you have developed an awareness of so all our sanskaras work that way you know that if i if we say that in melbourne there are many drug addicts do you know a single drug addict no but a drug addict knows where all the addicts are where the peddlers are so you really this for that's that's why we that it is been spoken of that there are various levels of existence this seven up seven down they are not in some other places many that nowadays say that in the, this biblical studies it is mentioned that heaven is there and we are searching the different planets to find out there they are not there it is here all is here heaven and hell everything is here it depends on which level of awareness you are and that creates the new world for you this world vanishes that world opens up for us even in this life depending on our senses the world changes as we say that the owl in the night can see because it sees the infrared light for us it is dark for the daytime is dark for the owl because it cannot see the light wavelengths above red its eyes is constituted that way just see here itself it speaks of various layers of existence there are so many nocturnal elements for them the world is different so similarly as per our karma our awareness changes and these various levels of existence comes into being so that's the creation which has been spoken of from the consciousness to th- through the mind and then is projected as the universe what's there outside the vedanta is not interested with that it speaks of the entire evolution from within the spiritual evolution the consciousness reflecting to the mind finding expression as this world the world what it is is always unknown it's what i see is the interaction of the mind with the world by itself what it is we can never know and that what i see on that is now on that depends on my on the inclination depend how i react to it what i see how will react to it depends on my inclinations and from that karmas are created based on karma again my various levels of existence are there i will be finding my place the ashaya as per the karma which has created sanskara for me and has taken me there so that's the idea of the creation which the upanishads speaks of here in the eighth mantra so it's a from within to without it's not from the outside the big bang and from that the creation comes and suddenly by accident the consciousness happen it's not from that way we can understand this shloka this mantra to understand this mantra we will have to understand that how the consciousness is evolving into intelligence and that intelligence is again interpreting the existence outside as the universe and how it is reacting to it to create various karmas and as accordingly its level of awareness is shifting from one level to another taking taking him as if in the various levels of existence it's all are in the same place it's just the level as per my level of awareness i am in different world so that's how 
the creation continues till the ignorance is dissipated, is, is gone. As long as we are in the ignorance, this process goes on and on. That's how the Upanishad is speaking of the evolution, the consciousness finding expression as the universe. <clears throat> it will be, this <coughs> idea will be uh, again extended to the next sloka and which will be the end of the first chapter of the first part of the Mundaka Upanishad, That's the concluding sloka, the ninth mantra, we will again take up in the next class. With this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.